0: I am Planta on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Jen Suk-Fung Lee joins me now. The acclaimed author is the co-editor with Stacey May Fowles of a new collection of essays, Good Mom on Paper, Writers on Creativity and Motherhood. The pieces look at whether a devotion to literary life can coexist with parenthood. Does the artist have to sacrifice art for love or vice versa? I'll ask Jen about working with Stacey May and about the work... They did, as co-editors working with the authors they did, who are Heather O'Neill, Lee Maracle, Jill Richardson, uh, Carrie Snyder, Alison Pick, Megan Strimus, Sophia Mostagimi, Rachel Geese, Lori Nielsen-Glenn, Aaron Wunker, Yonina Curtin, Jennifer Whiteford, Teresa Wong, Nikia Hargrove, S. Leslie Buxton, Amber Riaz, Adele Purdom, Harriet Alida Lai, and Kelly Nagan. The essays in the book are enlightening and raging at times, and almost always engrossing. They provide insights that everybody needs to read about, whether one is a guy, a fellow parent, or just a reader. A portion of sales will be donated to uh, the Mothers Matter Center, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering isolated at-risk mothers. Jen Sukfeng Lee is the author of critically acclaimed books that conjoin *The Better Mother*, *The End of East*, *The Shadow List*, and *Finding Home*. She acquires and edits for ECW Press and is the co host of the literary podcast Can't Lit. Ms. Fowles and Ms. Lee co edited the anthology Whatever Gets You Through Twelve Survivors on Life After Sexual Assault. Visit Sukfong.com for more information. This new book is published by Book Hug Press. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Jen Sookfong Lee. Ms. Lee, good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: Thanks for joining us.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: Um, You've worked with uh, Stacey May Fells before, haven't you?
1: I sure have. We've known each other a long time now. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, What is it like about working with someone, um, not just on this project, but other projects? And, and, I mean, there is a distance between you physically, isn't there?
1: Yeah. Stacey May is in Toronto, um, and I'm here in Vancouver. Um, I think, you know... You know, as a writer, we often say that we um, work alone most of the time, which mm-hmm. is which is true. But also for me, anyway, like having relationships with other people that I get to, you know, do work with has been really important for my mental health, but also just for introducing sort of new ideas and new projects that I couldn't do alone. So I, you know, I do, um, I've done a couple of anthologies um, co-editing with Stacy May, and like we, I do my podcast Cantlet with Dina DelBuccia, which mm-hmm. has been, um. They're two very dear friends of mine, and it's honestly opened my brain up and like in all the good ways.
0: I'm, I'm a big fan of Kent Lit, um, uh, even even before when before you joined. Um, how often do you guys do that?
1: Uh, I guess we're once a month. I see. <laughs> I don't pay attention to the schedule. Dina, bless her heart, does that for me. <laughs> I,
0: I, I've said this to Dina and Daniel when I when I've had them on before that I, that I wish they did it more often, and I I. I wish the same for both of you
1: yeah it would be a really fun time if we could do it more often but it has been like with our schedules and stuff because we both have you know Mm -hmm. jobs and uh you know personal lives and all that so um it's been a challenge we tried to do twice a month for a while but that was hard that was hard not gonna lie (laughs)
0: yeah i I can't tell you how many laughs i have listening to to both of you
1: oh good we try to be funny we try to keep it we try to keep it um interesting
0: yeah, as, as someone who does a podcast, it's, it's a sort of podcast that I wish I could do, but I certainly don't have the personality that, that uh, you both have. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not sure
1: I could do a serious podcast, quite frankly. So there you
0: go. <laughs> how, how did this collection come about? And 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 um, I ask that because it, it's such a talented list and a rich list of contributors. I mean, there's a great variety in the experiences too that that um, your writers in this collection have had. Yeah, you
1: know, so. I guess what happened was when we were um, putting together and then promoting our previous anthology, uh, Whatever Gets You Through, which is an anthology of essays um, by survivors of sexual assault, Mm -hmm. um, Stacey May and I, uh, she was a very new mom. Um, My son was quite a lot younger than he is now. He's turning 12 soon. And all of that, um, it became so hard, especially the promotion part of that book, having to travel you know, do events, do interviews it was really tough on both of us, and we were constantly talking about how, like, the system of book promotion was not set up for people who are the primary caregivers of their children, specifically, usually mothers. Um, and then we wanted to work together again, and we wanted to do a project that was a little uh, that we could feel really joyful about. Whatever gets you through is a great book, but it, it was it was kind of a it was a, it was a challenge edit and it was a challenge to promote because we were talking about a really difficult and traumatic subject. So mm-hmm. um, we thought about doing Good Mom on paper. And the funny thing is, is that we, you know, um, wrote up a proposal, sent it to publish it. And it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and a lot of a lot of those uh, conversations fell away. But Book Hug uh, continued with it. And I think it's been kind of a really prescient thing, because when we put the call for submissions out, We got like an overwhelming response. We had something like 300 pitches and and complete essays to go through. Um, Everybody, like everybody wanted to talk about it because obviously during COVID, motherhood became a really difficult thing. There was a lot of pressure on moms, um, especially with like homeschooling and all of that stuff. And we were very, very fortunate that everybody had something to say. Like anybody who was a writer who was also a mom had something they wanted to say. Um, which is why I think our contributor list is so um you know extraordinary yeah. um so yeah, that's how that whole thing came about and it was a really nice thing to work on during those two two and a half very dark years that we were working on it.
0: yeah indeed indeed i um, mean you know the there the, are mothers um. Uh, in, in this book who, who are creative. I mean, I, I think that's the theme, isn't it, that that, um, that that creativity and motherhood, there is some connection there, isn't there?
1: Mm-hmm. All of the authors are writers or artists in some way, um, and they're writing about how creativity, um, ha- becoming a mother and being a creative person, are sometimes at odds with each other, and it's always a challenge, but there are also many different perspectives on how those two work together because they're very entangled. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't separate them, really, if you're a creative person.
0: And so you you as a writer, Jen, do you find that um, um, as entangled as they are, that they can uh, um, provide insight into the other, say?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that, like, for me, um, I, like, I would say that this is maybe probably a relatively... Uh, universal experience for moms is that when, and this is whether you're creative or not, that when you have a child, those first couple of years, the the parenting is so intense and so hands-on that even trying to do anything else, whatever it is, if it's work, if it's housework, whatever, uh, is really, really hard. And then Mm -hmm. I I found creatively that once I got out of that sort of brain fog of the early hands-on parenting, that my creativity was a lot more expansive than it had been before. And I credit that to... When you have a child you're forced to consider the world through your child's eyes and you're forced to consider the world in an entirely different way um and in a way that i don't think i could have um, really expanded if i didn't have my son and so i really feel like creatively it opened up a lot of doors to me it also quite frankly um being a mom actually makes you less worried about perfection you mm. <laughs> just don't care if it's messy like whatever who cares just send it it'll be fine um, you're less likely to sweat the small stuff you just don't care anymore yeah, and that's uh, a real gift <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i mean it, it, it's um so, so, uh, i would assume for for a lot of uh, not, not just mothers uh, a, a very highly relatable collection um okay. and, and i mean I, I read it as a guy and and i'm wondering um if you think that, that more guys should read this
1: I would love it if men would read it. I really think that um, what is often missing from, you know, the conversations about um, how best we support people with children, um, and you can expand that to how best do we support anybody with accessibility issues or mobility issues Mm. or any of those things, that the real sort of um, uh, knot of the problem is that oftentimes the people who hold the most power don't consider those perspectives enough so if enough men read good mom on paper they might start to understand how accessibility and mobility and scheduling and all of these things actually make a big difference to everybody else you know (laughs) so i would love it if if men would read this book that'd be great
0: yeah tell people joe (laughs) i will absolutely i mean people listening should buy this book and read (laughs) it yeah i i I was really struck by the, the sacrifices that mom's have to make that, that say dads don't that guys don't, guys in general don't mm-hmm. and I think that we need to talk about that more often don't we
1: I think we do and I think it reminds me of this time when um, I was uh, I went to sort of a big event at the Vancouver Writers Fest here it was like a party
0: uh-huh. and
1: my son was really little he was still nursing and I um, was at this party and I had to nurse him I had to bring him with me
0: right? Sure. Yeah.
1: and um, I looked across the room and there was another woman also nursing her her baby but she wasn't the author she was like the author's wife Mm. and like a famous male author and the famous male author was still walking around the room glad handing with everybody being the big star and she's sitting in the corner opposite me and we're both doing the same thing and i just just it was such a stark difference between he as a dad could still do the things that he could do yeah but and i was you know by any measure his peer at that time but i still couldn't do the things that i wanted to do and it was quite fascinating to me and but also enraging i should add <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah indeed, indeed and then you know that brings up another point that, that that that's that um i think more than one person brings up in the book uh, in the collection that, that motherhood can ki- kill a career in progress and and i think that's something that that um, it's another thing that we need to talk about right
1: Yeah, and I think that's very true, and I think that – and that's for any kinds of careers, but creatively I think it's a little bit more so because with – if you're an artist, typically you don't have like a steady nine-to-five type of job. You're moving from contract to contract, gig to gig, Um, so – what a typical, like, nine-to-five job might offer you are, like, extended health benefits. They might offer you some child care support. Yeah. Um, they're going to offer you paid vacation. And these are all things that help support people with children. But if you're somebody who's an artist going from, like, job, like, short-term job to short-term job, none of that is there for you. So I think that it really um, is important for people to remember that the typical sort of, like, childcare or whatever support that, that most people get are not what artists get at all. So, and, and in order to, and you know, all of these women um, in Good Mom on Paper are extraordinary writers, and it would be such a loss if we didn't get to hear from them. So yeah. I think often when we say that children or motherhood can really k- kill a career in progress, that's what they mean. Who can justify spending time on their art, which is typically you don't get paid a huge amount for it when you've got a child to feed and all this other stuff to do. Like, it's, it, it, it's a really, like difficult it 's a really sort of difficult conundrum, and, and my fear of course, is that we don 't get to hear from people because they 've had children we don 't want that we want everybody to be able to um, creatively pursue whatever it is that they need to do
0: yeah yeah um, it, it, this brings up guilt, which which is something that that comes up uh, throughout the, the essays in the collection. Um, a lot of contributors uh, talk about it i mean all, all sorts of guilt too, like w- whether to work, um, not to work, how to raise a child. Um, the idea of bringing a child into the world nowadays—I mean, these are things that that, that um, a number of the writers contend with—and and so, so I'm wondering, Jen, what are some of the experiences that that you've had, say, contending with guilt or or, or worse, guilt being foisted upon you by other people?
1: Oh gosh, so much guilt, Joe. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, like I was a single mom for quite a long period of time, and um, that was there was so much guilt about that because. You know, even making a decision to be single and having a child is is guilt-ridden. But the other thing that I remember being really difficult was that uh, because I was the primary caregiver for my child, I was a single mom, um, I didn't have, like, two incomes coming Mm -hmm. into my household. And it was – there were so many things that I could not do. Like, I couldn't go on the parent advisory council at the school because I didn't have time. Like, who would look after my kid when I went to these meetings? I couldn't, like – you know, do the fundraisers like I wanted to. I couldn't, you know, and for example, it'd be really difficult for me as a single woman to take my son camping on, like, a sunny weekend in the summertime because I didn't want to do that by myself. Like, there were all these sorts of things that I felt tremendous guilt about because I had made a decision to be a single parent. Um, And it was often quite crippling, right? Like, you'd, you'd hear you know, after spring break, people would be like, oh, my dad took me fishing or, mm-hmm. you know, my dad took me um, to camping or whatever or we built a, you know, a shed in the backyard and, like, you know, my son and I didn't do those things. And I and I often wondered what he was missing and felt so much guilt about that.
0: Yeah. Um, I, there's so many great writers in the book, and I, I, I hate to, 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 say, pick a couple and, and, and just focus on them, but I, I guess for, for purposes of time we have to. Um so, someone who I have long had a, a, a great admiration for, I like her personally, is is Yunina Curtin, mm. and um, the the essay in uh, that um, she wrote in the book is such a powerful piece. Um, I, I hope you don't mind. We we spent a couple minutes just talking about her and, and it, uh, because yeah. it's such an important piece in the book too, and and and, and a beautiful one at that.
1: Yonina is one of my favorite people in the world, so yeah. I'm quite happy to talk about her and her essay. I, the thing about that essay is that I remember her saying to me, "Is it okay if I write it like this?" And, you know, my whole thing as an editor is that I want the author to write what they want to write, and I'm just here to help them make it the best possible version of what it is that they want to do. Um, and I remember when that essay came in, and I was moved to tears about it because. What's so important about that particular essay is that Yonina talks about being a single mom. She talks about living in poverty. She talks about um, domestic violence. Yeah. Um, she talks about having a sometimes fraught relationship with her now adult son. And I think that all of these things are so often not talked about because I think mothers feel shame. Yeah. And, and I think, too, that our systems are not set up to allow... Um, women to be really honest about these things. Um, And I think it's a really important perspective to take because so often um, creative people, artists, are people who come to their art because they already have some level of wealth of some kind, whether it's generational wealth, whether they're married to somebody with many. um, People who are living in poverty typically don't think that they can become artists even. So um, that's why I think that essay is so important to me because it can be... You know, you can think that, you know, artists are like, you know, elite people who had their educations paid for and all that other stuff, but that's not always true, and so Yanina's essay is really quite a jewel box, like, for me, and she she got to, she asked if it was okay to include some poetry, and I'm like, by all means, let's see it, (laughs) and I was so happy to have it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a piece, I mean, I read it over a month ago now, um, and it's still something that I'm, I'm... thinking about because i found it just so haunting even and i was delighted um uh, in preparing for our, our chat today um to do some googling and apparently there's a video of her reading part of the essay i guess in, in one yes. of your launches right yes i haven't had time to, to watch it yet but I, i'll bet it's it's good um and so people can go to youtube i guess and find that right
1: yeah and Yonina has the best most wonderful beautiful voice <laughs> she does,
0: doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Um the, the last essay in the book um is uh, by Le- the, the late Lee Merkel. Um uh, again, it's another uh important piece. It's 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 um uh, uh, I, you know, I, I reread it the other day and um it reminded me a lot of the uh, of the stuff that I'd read before in the collection, you know, just before it. And it's such a beautiful piece. And would you talk to us about how that came about? I mean, she died in November, right?
1: Mm -hmm. So she uh, passed before we got a final title on it, even, Mm -hmm. on that particular essay. Um, And we decided not to title it for her. That didn't seem right. We didn't want to, you know, put words in Lee's mouth. But Uh she was so funny when we asked if she'd be interested in contributing. we already had the title for the book, right? Good Mom on Paper. And yeah. she, her response was like, what is this good mom stuff? I'm not a good mom. I don't care to be a good mom. This is silly. So <laughs> Lee, <laughs> 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 And, but we we're like, no, we don't care. Like, we want you to write whatever, you know, moves you. The Good Mom on Paper, our title, is obviously tongue-in-cheek anyway. But um, she was just, there was just no BS with her. Yeah. Lee is, yeah. 100 was always in our experience with her anyway, was always 100% herself, and she's very kind. She's like a really lovely person, but she there's just no BS, there's no small talk, there's no like yeah. there's nothing like that. And I really, really appreciated that about her. And, I, and part of the reason we ended the anthology with her essay is because for me, uh, she's pretty much everything I ever want to be. Mm. <laughs> like, I honestly, she has no more you know she doesn't care she doesn't care what other people think about her she does the work that she does and she parents her children the way she does it and I was like this is where I want to be this is Lee Mar- Markle is who I want to be and I thought that it was such a good note to end um, the anthology on and like Stacey May could talk more about Lee because it was actually Stacy May who did most of the editing on that particular essay but you know every time she'd get an email from Lee Markle she'd forward it to me, and it was just so amusing like yeah,
0: <laughs> just yeah.
1: amazing like i i 'm really glad that this experience that we had with her was so joyful um, yeah.
0: yeah yeah it, it, it it's a it, uh, you, you alluded to to what 's in um, her piece and 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 how she started it even about mm-hmm. how she she refers to the title of the book and I, I thought it was just a great way to end the book because it it put everything into perspective that. Um, yeah um this is what she thought and and this is what i think a lot of people think about um uh, uh you know but what 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 we've just read in this book but yeah. at the same time it is her isn't it it is it, it yeah. and and her, the kindness comes through I, I i didn't think she was being uh prickly or or nope. abrasive i think she she was just honest and i think that's important isn't it
1: it is and i think that um it's actually quite freeing the yeah. way she writes
0: that essay. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, there's a lot of good advice in the book, but, but I, I, I'm sure you're like a lot of people that, that don't like unsolicited advice given to others. Um, uh, you really can, can pick and uh, what you need out of the book, can't you?
1: I think so. I think that there is, um, some essays that some people will relate more strongly to than others. And yeah. I think that, um, which is the strength of the sort of like diversity of voices we have there. I mean, I, we were so, I mean... <laughs> One of the things I talk about a lot just sort of in general in my life is um, diversity and inclusion in publishing and how to curate something or how to edit something so that um, it really does include all those voices. And, and one of the things that Stacey May and I have always done with both of our anthologies is really try to commit to that. But I would love to say to people sometimes who really fuss about inclusion and diversity, it's a lot easier than you think. <laughs> there are a lot yeah. of people out there who uh, various different backgrounds and, and you know, income levels and all of that who are doing great work. Like, it's not, you know, when people are like, we need to have, you know, um, like a diversity officer and we have to, you know, write this report and do all that. Yes, of course, but also it can also be a really lovely, uh, direct, and um, actually really celebratory process. Like, I don't remember ever us either of us being real angsty about it. We just did it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> So someone asked me one time about how I book guests on the show, mm-hmm. and and um, one of the things that I, that I've, um, I I found was you know you, you're offered guests by publicists a, a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and it's it's very easy in terms of of um, choosing which guests to to put on the show. I mean I, I it, um, there was a time there where I realized that there were, were more. Uh, men on the program than women so then i decided well if if i'm offered um uh, a, a group of people i would i'd, I'd, I'd pick the women right mm-hmm. and and then you know my, uh, my parents are filipino um, and yeah. so i figured um if if i have a guest um that, that's say asian or or uh, as opposed to say a, a you know a white person mm-hmm. i'd probably pick the asian person right right and and that's a simple thing that one can do if, if if one's you know hosting a podcast for example
1: yeah it's actually not that hard i don't know yeah. i don't know um why uh, people have to make it feel feel like it's so difficult
0: right <laughs> yeah yeah well um in, in terms of, of of book promoting um which is something that we're both familiar with i mean uh, in, in terms of me doing this this podcast um there, there's a – I I always see on twitter or um, on social media, someone referring to, to their book's release as its birthday or right. that they've just birthed the book. There's an essay in the book um, where it suggested that, that people should stop doing that. Where, oh, it's
1: Rachel Gieser's essay, yeah. A Book is Not a Baby. Yeah.
0: Yeah, where are you on that? I mean, do you agree with, with what she wrote in in her piece?
1: I do, actually. I, I think there's a world of difference between writing a book and releasing it into the world and having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're very different. <laughs> yeah. I... I I don't like to be precious about writing or uh-huh. publishing. Um, I think that it's a job, like any other job, yeah. for me anyway. Um, and, like, when people uh, attribute sort of, like, magical elements to the process of publishing, or, like, try to make it into something that's, like, so much more monumental than it needs to be, I think that's where we run into problems, right? Like, I think that so much of what the way we talk about books in the book industry makes it seem like it's a different kind of industry than any other except at the end of the day we're producing a product and we're selling a product Mm. and people are consuming that product so that's the same for any other industry in the world and I and what that does though is that when we treat publishing and books like they're magic it means that we're not talking about how much we get paid it means that we're not advocating for better like working conditions it means that we're not um talking about the nuts and bolts of publishing but and that what that does it means that authors don't get paid as much as they should it means that we're not distributing as well as we should so my whole thing is that the book industry is is just industry and it's really lovely and i really love it and Mm -hmm. i love books my whole life is books but like it's also let's be honest here we can talk about our salaries we can talk about our advance payments we can talk about those things Like making it seem magical is a is
0: a is a barrier that actually doesn't serve people at all in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a it's a, there's a marvelous things to consider, yeah. Um yeah. I, I, I want to talk this is the first time I've had you on the show and I've, I've long wanted to have you on the show. I was just i was looking at the um the file folder here of of um, notes I have kept and and you know <laughs> there are articles of yours that that I printed and and because I I you know I'm a big fan of your work. Um I was just looking. There's a press release from East, the end of East, mm-hmm. um, in here. Um, that's, that, old yeah, that's old, Joe. <laughs> yeah, 20- 2007 was when that came out, and that's yeah. a, that's the first time that you reached my orbit. Because I remember when I got the book and 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 loving that and enjoying that. Um, in terms of your own writing over the these past. Um, Trying to do the math in my head. I'm not very good at math. Since 2007, um, you seem to have moved from from one genre to another, from fiction to poetry mm-hmm. to to say writing for young readers. Have you found that um, easy? Say,
1: have I found
0: Mo- moving sorry, from, moving from one genre to another? Is it easy? They're not easy in terms of of um, because I mean a, a lot of it has to come come out of necessity I'm assuming yeah, right yeah, um, yeah but but in terms of of where your mind is in ter- a, a, when you write I mean mm-hmm. is is it a different mind when you're writing say fiction as opposed to say writing poetry or writing for for a young reader
1: Yeah, it's quite different. All of them, I think, require different portions of my brain, mm-hmm. and um, I will say that writing a novel is takes up all the bandwidth in my brain, like it every single skill I've ever learned as a writer goes comes to play when you're writing a novel and I think that that's quite different from the other genres like uh for me poetry for example is very much an exercise in like uh voice and setting for um children's books there so my I typically write uh nonfiction, uh mm-hmm. for children yeah. and what my jam is explaining very difficult concepts to like middle grade readers that's that's where I like to. That's where I live, um, and that's a, 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 quite a different type of skill to be able to. Yeah. So, for example, with finding home, which is about immigration and refugees, um, explaining those concepts to children is difficult. It's hard explaining those concepts to adults sometimes. Yeah. And um, that is a whole other skill set, and I think that it's really exciting for me because I. I'm really bored if I'm not learning new stuff. Like, And it doesn't necessarily have to be a new topic, although that's part of it. A lot of it is just learning a new skill, um, which is why I think I've moved from genre to genre like that. Um, but you're quite correct that it's out of necessity too. And when I was teaching, I would say this to my students a lot, the more genres that you are able to write in means the more paid work that you're going to get. <laughs> mm, right. And the more sort of different types of people you're going to meet like different editors who work in different areas different publishers um and that can only be a good thing diversity we have to diversify our portfolios
0: (laughs) yeah 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 um but i'm sure you get asked by fans um about the next novel say Um...
1: oh they're always asking about the novel
0: (laughs) what do you tell them
1: I am working on a novel right now, and um, it's been kind of slow because I've been doing a bunch of other stuff, but mm-hmm. that's okay, and it's sort of a horror novel, sort of not, and it's got angry, what do I call them, angry Asian lady demons in it. <laughs> ah,
0: there you go.
1: Because, you know, in Asia, there's a lot of mythology right? around yeah. demons, and they're almost always female, and <laughs> uh fascinating yeah. stuff. If you ever want to go down a rabbit hole of Googling, that is a real entertaining rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um, you're someone who I, I've, I've long admired, and, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, you taking the time to chat today. Um, I, I really appreciate um, not only um, uh, th- this chat we've just had, but but this collection especially, because I think I learned a lot, and um, I, I can't um, help but think that a lot of people who will pick up the book will will feel the same. Oh, thanks!
1: This is so lovely. Thanks for having me on, Joe.
0: The website for more is at Sukfong.com. The book is called Good Mom on Paper Writers on Creativity and Motherhood. It's co edited by uh, Stacy May Fowles and Jen Sukfong Lee. Ms. Lee, join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planta.